This man has seen me up. This man has seen me down. This man has seen me in love with my wife. This man has seen me can't stand my wife. Amen. And I'm just, I'm just an honest person. Amen. If she was here, she would say the same thing. Amen. And he's remained a friend. He's remained a friend. I want you to give God some praise, not just for your bishop. Amen. But for his heart. He's got a golden heart. And while you're clapping, please clap for his wife. Make some noise real loud. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I come today, obviously, I bring you greetings. Amen. On behalf of my wife. Amen. We're in, we're in, well, we're in a forever season now. We're in, a, we're in, a, in love season. Amen. Because I tell you what, man, the Lord has been, the Lord has been blowing my mind. Uh, he really has. I wish we were able to do this service at a different time so that we would be able to bring some of our folks over. But obviously, uh, when they saw me, they knew exactly. They said, oh, yeah, this is the beginning of January. Amen. They said, Apostle, you always go to, amen, your friend, amen, Bishop Ingram. So I'm excited to be here today. And um, I'm more so excited about some of the things I've been praying about uh, concerning, obviously, the church, concerning this assignment. And I believe that I'm going to share something with you today um, that's going to help you. It's going to help you in terms of the direction that God has, amen, for your church. Amen. I'm, I'm also excited, as you turn to Matthew 17... Amen. I'm very excited how you are celebrating this man uh, because he's a very humble guy and um, uh, I can't say it about myself. I was about to say sort of like myself, but somebody else can say that for me. Um, but I tell you what, saints of God, there are some things that God's been revealing to me in the scriptures that's been, uh, I don't know, I don't even know if the word scaring me is, is the word. But uh, when, as God has been revealing to me uh, the, the assignment of an ambassador and, and, and the fact that he places earthly representatives in the earth, um, it's just, it's absolutely, in, in conjunction with studying the commandments and understanding that our whole relationship with God is built upon honor, is built upon honor, amen? All throughout the commandments, all throughout the Old Testament, even going into the New Testament, you, you see the word honor being used over and over and over again. Amen. And I believe that one of the things the church needs today, and, um, and I'm not one of those preachers that always like to talk about and talk negative about the church because it's very annoying to me. I come in contact with a lot of preachers and they just never have nothing good to say about the church. I have a lot of good stuff to say about the body of Christ. Amen. But just one of the things that I would like to see the body of Christ encouraged in, especially in the Western world where we are right now, uh, most of us have not grown up in the Eastern world where hospitality is everything. Amen. I don't know if you understand. Uh, uh, to, be, to be inhospitable. As a matter of fact, I have Muslim friends. And let me explain this. I have Muslim friends that own stores. If I don't see them in a long time, they know who I am. They know I'm a pastor, whatever. But beyond all of the you know, all of the spiritual stuff, we're friends. When I walk into the store, if they haven't seen me in a long time, do you know what they tell me? They said, just go pick out anything you want. Go, go take anything. They said, as soon as they see me, maybe they like my name because it sounds Muslim, Omar. So they, they always make sure they see my name. 
They said, Omar, can we make you a sandwich? Can we, can we, what do you want? Go, go pick out something. And I begin to understand that a part of their, their hospitality, their, their culture is they're very, very big on being hospitable. Amen. They're, they're very big on honor. And of course, you guys know that I've had the opportunity uh, many times to minister in Africa. Um, and the, the miracles that I've seen there, even in my own life, in my own ministry, um, I, I ask myself the question, uh, one of the things I'm going to minister today, I believe, is one of the keys uh, if we're going to see the power of God manifested in, in America. But, but one of the reasons why I believe um, I just see such a, a power from God manifested in those nations is because people operate with honor. When it comes to men and women of God, especially in Africa, if, if, if I look over to somebody that's not sick, and as a man of God, I say, you're healed, something happens. And it's because they honor the words that are coming out of the man of God's mouth. Amen. They believe because a man of God said it, it is so. Amen. And there was something that was in my spirit. I woke up with this morning, Bishop. I said, Lord, do you want me to switch the direction that I'm going in? And he sort of just began to deal with me about talking about honor just for the first few moments. Amen. And there was a Shunammite woman. I know Bishop has probably ministered this, this um, as an astute student of the word of God. But there was a Shunammite woman uh, in the word of God. And we understand that the Shunammite woman uh, was connected to one of the prophets. I believe it was Elisha. All right. And, and when we studied the story, he would come to her area every now and then. And when he would come to an area, she would invite him over her, her husband. The man of God would come over into the house and, you know, they would be a blessing to him. All right. And she comes up with this idea. And I was asking myself, what made her think of this? Because it was brilliant. She looks over to the husband. She was a very wealthy woman. And she says to the husband, she says, let's build an extension on the house. Lord have mercy. We're going to build an extension on the house so that when the man of God passes through this area, somebody say honor. When the man of God passes through this area, he would have a place to stay in this area. Okay? So, now this is exactly what happens. They build the extension on the house, but they put it at the top of the house. And, and I often ask myself the question, I said, why did they put the extension on the top of the house? First of all, the man of God, when he got there, he did not even have to knock on her door to go into her house. The man of God, when he got there, amen, his, uh, for example, especially those of us in Jersey, uh, uh, I don't know if there are any Californians in here, but we know there's no basements there for obvious reasons, all right? Those of us that can enjoy a basement in New Jersey, we understand that a basement man can forget just being a man cave. It could be a whole new apartment. It could be a whole nother house. So I asked myself the question, why did she not have it put in the basement? They could have just built something there. But she, she has a husband put an extension on the house on the outside. And as I begin to study this, I begin to understand why certain churches, families, people, organizations, businesses, ministries, I can go on and on. I, I understood why they don't break through. Because if the prophet was to come inside the house and he was always around 
the man, the husband, and the, the wife, they would have developed a spirit of familiarity. Can I explain to you, saints of God, even Jesus can't move where there's familiarity. Watch this. There are, there are things that will be released uh, from the ministry of Jesus, but where there is familiarity and a lack of honor, there will never be mighty works. The Bible says Jesus went into an area uh, to minister and he could there do no mighty works. Now, listen, you're going to understand where we're going in a minute. I believe that God is, is positioning this church this year for mighty works. Do y'all believe it? When I say mighty works, I, I'm talking about stuff that you can't do without God. Amen. I'm talking about you giving 10 and God turning 10 to 10,000. Amen. Now, I know I testified to you last, last year concerning what the Lord did. I'm going to remind you of that. But can I tell you right now, God's been blowing my mind. Amen. Because, Bishop, I, I did not have to drive from South Jersey in order to get here. Uh, uh, only reason why, well, this is weird, but I kind of beat you guys today, which I never have in my history beat y'all. Uh, uh, but the only reason why I was not here at one is because I had to go to Coney Island to drop my wife off. But, but the amazing thing is, is the Lord gave us a condo like 15 minutes from here. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm going to talk to you about this in a minute. Um, we're like, if, if Millionaire is here, we're like right somewhere underneath it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, why am I going into that area, this area? Because this is my friend. You don't hear what I'm saying. This is my friend. This is my friend. Amen. I don't know what plans you got about upstairs. Can I tell you upstairs has been on my mind for years. And I've been praying, God, you got to do something so that we can complete upstairs. Come on, tap a neighbor, tell them upstairs is about to be. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're ready for today. All right, now listen. Now listen. She could have put him in the basement, but if she put him in the basement, that would have meant that her and her husband had dominion over him. They would have been walking on top of him. Amen? She put him at the top of the house, Letting him know that she was prioritizing and honoring who he was in God. And can I tell you, saints of God, your breakthrough is connected to who you honor. Amen. It's a very uncomfortable thing for me, Bishop, when I see, when God begins to reveal stuff to me. But I had to go to my church, and many people, they're excited when it comes offering time. But what I told them was, when you get a revelation, you're going to understand that when Abram, amen, because there's a lot of people that don't believe in tithing, but I got some deep stuff on tithing. Um, but I said that when Abram gave tithes, watch this now, he didn't put it into a basket, but he put it into the hands of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the earthly representative for God. This is not God when it comes to Mount Olive, but these are his representatives. Oh, God have mercy. <laughs> Listen, you must understand that the representative comes in the same power of the sender. I'm going to say that again. The representative comes in the same power as the sender, but you have to unlock the power in the representative. 
even if your bishop tells you, because he's a very humble. Now, you don't have to do all of that. When you get a revelation, you're going to say, no, bishop, it's going to go in the basket, but I just need you to touch it. I just need you to speak something. I need you to declare something. Why? The power is not in the basket. The power is in the represent. Oh, you're quiet now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So my question to you is, as we go into Matthew chapter 17, what place, what position have you placed your man of God in the vision of this house in your life? Is it in the basement of your life? In other words, do you always make excuses? I can't. Are you stepping on the man of God in the vision? Or, or is it, or is it, now there is a spirit of familiarity. Amen. And I, I was one years ago when I first started, people, they just called me Brother Omar. Some people just called me Omar. It was no issue. Amen. But it's an issue for some that don't understand honor. So now, is it that your bishop is no longer bishop but Troy? Spirit of familiarity. Amen. In other words, when he declares something, yeah, 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 I, I heard you say that before. You said that in, you know, 2014. Uh, when he ministers something, yeah, I heard that before. You shared that in 2015. Amen. Spirit of familiarity. Or have you prioritized your man of God in the vision? That's the question from heaven to you today. Let's go to Matthew 17. Amen. I'm very excited about what the Lord is doing. God has given us a, a multi-generational group of people. And, um, but it seems, like, it seems like the ones that catch this stuff are the millennial generation. I don't know why, for me. Many people are you know, talking about how the, 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 you know, the folk are leaving the church, this, that, or the other. They ain't, I'm, I'm just be honest with you. They ain't leaving mine, not the millennials. Those, the, the millennial generation, when I begin to minister this stuff, I'm telling you right now, saints of God, I got folks 16 that can run my whole church. I got folks 17, 18 that can run the whole church. I got folks 21, amen, that can stand up. As a matter of fact, to be honest with you, I mean, me and my wife can take off six months if I need to. Why? Because there's a generation that understands honor. Are you listening? All right. Matthew 17, Matthew 17. We're going to go right into, uh, this is a very familiar portion of scripture uh, for many of you that already know this already, all right? But we're going to go right into verse number 14, right into verse number 14, Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14, all right? And we're going from Matthew 7, uh, 17, 14 into verse number 21, all right? And I'm just, I'm just going to relax today and just teach because there's some stuff here uh, that I need to touch before we're done, just somebody just keep me abreast of the time, please. Thank you. It says, and when they would come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man uh, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is, he's lunatic. And he's sore vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and then he goes into the water. And I brought him to church or to your disciples and they could not cure him or get him better lord have mercy then jesus answered and said "O faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you how long shall shall i really put up with you or suffer you bring him here to me all right jesus rebuked the devil what did he do 
and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very moment, instant, or hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, powerful question, why could not we cast him out? Hallelujah. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, hallelujah, you shall say unto this mountain, you shall what? All right, say that again. You shall what? You shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. But here's the link. How be it this kind, Shanda, goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. This kind, this situation, this obstacle, amen, this, this thing that you're dealing with. He said this kind, the only way to remove it is by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Amen. What's my message today? Prayer and fasting. Amen. Guess I, I would just, I guess I figured that I would share with you uh, what's been happening and why we've been breaking through. Somebody say prayer, prayer. and fasting. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now. Have your way. Move by your spirit. Speak in this house. Glory to God. Father, cause everything in the house to be succinct with the kingdom of heaven. Cause everything to be in line with what you are going to do through this church this year. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. All right. Now, there's some very important things that I need to touch, that I need to touch here. Amen. The Bible lets us know that there was a man here. Uh, that comes to the disciples amen and he figured that you know if they if they're that close to Jesus they should be able to do what Jesus does amen to to me now uh, a lot of problems that I've been seeing in the church in America especially those of us that claim to be close to Jesus when I read the word of God and then I go to church I don't see what I read in church you better hear me I went through a series this year I was teaching on, and it was amazing what God did. I was teaching on what's called a broken soul, a broken soul. And and I'm not going to go into all of this right now, but I begin to understand that there are, amen, a, a lot of broken souls and broken people in the body of Christ. Amen. And it's very difficult to contain or hold anything in a vessel that has holes in it. A vessel that has holes in it, after a while, will leak out of it everything that's been placed on the inside of it. Amen. I wish I could talk to you about broken souls, but I don't have. Really, the the, the medical term is called a split personality. Amen. Glory to God. In other words, I've found, maybe you might have some people like this, where on Sunday they can praise the Lord, but on Monday they curse folk out. Amen. On Thursday they're in Bible study. 
Glory to God. But on Friday, they're turning up some other place. Amen. And it almost seems like, it almost seems like the two, the three, the four, the five different people don't even know each other. Because you begin to remind the Friday person what the Friday person said on Sunday. And when they are, on, when they are in their Sunday mode, the praiser does not remember the complainer on Friday. I wish I can talk to you about this. Really, to be honest with you, it's not split personalities. It's demonic spirits. Amen. Oftentimes, saints of God, any of us that have gone through any traumatic experience in your life, amen, listen to me. You must be careful that anytime you experience trauma, you got to make sure you heal correctly. Because if you don't heal correctly during traumatic situations, you say, what's trauma? I don't, you know, I don't want to go into all of this. But, but, but if you don't heal correctly through traumatic situations, again, what winds up happening, amen, is there's a mechanism in the brain, watch this, that causes you to develop certain things so that you can have what's called a coping mechanism. Oh, God have, listen to me. There are some people, Bishop, I've discovered, amen, that they have used church to cope but they are not even saved what they're manifesting is a religious spirit amen Jesus said in the and matter of fact not even Jesus but John declares in the gospels when he talks about explaining and understanding the difference between somebody that's been born again and somebody that has that's not born again glory to God simply what I want to tell you amen listen to me the proof is always in the fruit I'm not saying to you that the born again are always perfect. I'm not saying to you that the born again are always manifesting the character of Christ. I know that I'm saved and sometimes I need help myself. Amen. But what I am saying to you is when you've been truly born again and the seed of God remains on the inside of you, it's impossible for you to be in the same place come 2018 and we catch you 2038 and you're still doing the same old stuff. Amen. It's a sign that your soul has been broken. Let me move right into the message. Amen. Now, what am I explaining to you? All of a sudden, here's a man here. Glory to God. When you read it in another translation, Mark chapter 9, amen, he begins to explain that his, that his son was like this from birth as a child. Amen. Can I explain to you, saints of God, when I was teaching, and I keep going back here, I guess the Lord made me touch it for a moment. Amen. But when I was teaching on the broken soul, I, I gave people four points of what causes broken souls and family. And can I explain to you this morning, right before I woke up, amen, and I'm, I don't want you to think I'm weird, amen, because I don't hear God all the time, but I did hear him this morning, and he said to me loud and clear through a dream, he said, this month will be the month, because we're on a fast now. He said, this month will be the month where I remove generational curses in families. Oh, Lord. He said, he said patterns, patterns, and cycles, patterns and cycles will be shifted. Patterns and cycles will be changed. Patterns and cycles, amen, of perversion. Patterns and cycles of anger. Patterns and cycles, glory to God, of stuff. Amen, things that come back. See, there are people that feel like they've been making progress in life, but they don't realize that they are like the children of Israel. They're just going in circles. Amen. And they continue to roam around the same mountain. How do we know that they're going in circles? Because they experience a cycle. 
Amen. Glory to God. They're fine for three months. And then all of a sudden, something happens. The same thing happens. The same person says whatever. And they relapse back into the same cycle. See, the person thought they were making progress, but they were not progressing. They were just going in circles. See, you can't go forward until you break the cycle. Tap your neighbor. Tell him it's time to break the cycle. Amen. We, we, listen, we can't keep visiting this place every six months. We can't keep going here every 12 months. Amen. We have got to get to a place where we get forward momentum. Amen. Where we move forward. Amen. What did God tell the Joshua to tell the children of Israel? He told them, listen, and he told Moses the same thing. He said, tell the people that they have dwelt here long enough. They've been on the same level long enough. They have mourned long enough. They've been frustrated long enough. Amen. They keep talking about the same stuff, but tell them, listen to me. It's, it, it's, it's over now. It's time to move forward. Amen. Glory to God. You have got to make your mind up saying to God that you are going to move beyond. Amen. Traumatic trauma, different situations. I, would, I could really go personal, but I'm not going to go right now. All right. Because I got to get to what I want to get to. So here's a man here. I don't know if it was a generational curse, if it was something that was passed down from out of his family line. But all of a sudden, listen, you got to understand that spirits cannot just come through. Amen. They can only come through when there's a door opened. Amen. Curses can't come without a cause. Amen. And can I tell you, saints of God, listen to me. Amen. One of the things that I would be excited about you when it comes to this ministry, amen, is that you are not under a first generational preacher. Now, now I don't know if you understand what that means, but that matters. That's a, that's a big issue. You must understand when it comes to me, I'm first generation. So what does that mean? There's some wild stuff in my generations. Amen. There's some crazy stuff behind me. Amen. Listen to me. There's some stuff that I'm fighting now that somebody did 200 years ago. There's some stuff I'm fighting now and I'm declaring to it that you are not going past me because you will not pass me and go to the next generations. Amen. The curse ends here. Lord have mercy. Ay, 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 ay. I'm starting to get excited now. So all of a sudden he brings his son to the disciples. His son, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, in the demonic realm, it's pretty interesting. Um, it says that he was moonstruck. I begin to research this, and as I begin to research this, um, every time the moon was in a certain position, this demon would manifest out of his life. And what the demon was, the, what the demon was trying to do. See, you got to understand that when spirits gain entry, they don't want to. They don't want to exit door. They don't want to leave. So what the spirit that was working in him had to make it look like is that there's something wrong with him because every time the moon is full, he acts like this. Are you listening? Amen. But Jesus was able to see through the mess. Can I tell? Oh, glory to God. The disciples, listen to me. The scripture says that when the man brought his son to the disciples and asked him, could they do something about it? The Bible says they tried over and over and over. Amen. But the spirit would not respond to the disciples. Amen. He stayed in there. Amen. And I'm telling you right now that there's some things that you've been experiencing in your life. Could be people close to you. Could be people around you. Amen. You think that you are just dealing with natural things. Amen. You think that you are just dealing with, glory to God, somebody that just flips up every now and then. You think that you are just dealing with whatever. Uh, can I challenge you to pray? 
Can I challenge you to fast? Can I challenge you to seek the face of God? I remember when I was going through something in my life, I thought it was just something natural. I thought I was going through this because of all the betrayal and all the hurt, amen, that I was in until an intercessor called me. And an intercessor said, Apostle, I had a dream about you. And I said, what was the dream? She said, in the dream, she said, I, I saw two spirits and she named them. And when she named the spirits, man, I almost shook because the very thing that I was going through was the spirit she named. What I'm trying to tell you today saints of God, you must understand that demons have personalities and they are looking for a mind or a body to manifest through. Usually when people are going through cycles, listen to me, it's supernatural. Amen. You don't have to raise your hand, but I don't, I don't know if any of you have ever had feelings where strong urges have come on you to do stuff and it just seems like you can't kick the urge and you can't kick the thought and you can't kick the feeling. Can I explain to you, it was more than a thought or feeling or an urge. All right, now listen. So the scripture declares that they could not cast them out. They couldn't get them better. Saints of God, I'm telling you right now, in this hour, can I explain to you church growth churches explode when we step into a community and we have the answer to people's problems. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> See, when we have the answer to people's problems, for example, if the problem is hunger and there's bread in the church, what's going to happen? The person that comes to the church and finds bread and leaves with an empty stomach, what they're going to do is find the other people that are on the outside that are hungry and they're going to bring all those hungry folk. What I'm trying to explain to you, saints of God, we are in the season, listen to me, where we can't just tell the world about God. Now we got to show them. For the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in word only. It's not in, can I tell you, the biggest churches in America are word-only churches. The biggest churches in America are the churches where, amen, and I'm not knocking, I'm just telling you the truth, where the, the, the leadership, amen, may be prosperous, may be operating on a certain kind of level, amen, but when they, watch this, when they come to church, amen, people that are dealing with issues, people that are dealing with health issues, mental issues, emotional issues, amen, they come to the church, they receive a good word, a nice word, amen, but can I tell you, just like the man brought his son, amen, to the disciples glory to God he came one way and he left the way he came amen can I tell you listen to me many of the churches that we have in America that are large they would be empty in Africa no what nobody would go why there's no power of God being manifested there are no miracles taking place there are no signs there are no wonders amen what did Moses say what did God say to Moses Moses said God uh 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 First of all, he said, God, not only do I want you to show me your glory, which Bishop preached in such a phenomenal way when he came to our church. Amen. But this is what the Lord said. Uh, 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 watch this now to Moses. Understand this. Moses said, Moses said it this way. Let me say it this way. Moses said, if we don't have your presence, what's going to distinguish us from any of the other people in the earth? Can I tell you right now, we are in a generation that's confused 
Because when they step into an environment of sorcery and witchcraft, when they step into an environment that's satanic, they see more power than they see when they come to church. I was watching a movie recently. I said, I had to say, what the heck is this that I'm watching? And as I'm watching the movie, it was about a young, young man uh, who got in the drug game in the L.A. area. And as he got into the drug game in the L.A. area, he also practiced magic. I don't know if anybody ever saw this movie. But he started using magic basically within the movie in order to deal with the drug dealers that was going after him. So what would be the normal tendency now of a young person that would watch that movie? Well, if the magic from this young man was able to deal with those that wanted to kill him... Uh, I, I want to practice some kind of magic myself. I want to I want to begin to operate in ways where I can control how people feel about me, where I can control, where I can cause stuff. In the movie, he was causing stuff to levitate. He was causing stuff to operate on a certain level. What I'm trying to explain to you, church, listen to me. Hallelujah. We cannot be behind when it comes to signs, wonders, and miracles. We have got to get to the place in the church, listen to me, where we recognize that God has not just given us power but he's given us authority he's given us the power with the legal right to use it and mm, 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 mm. all right listen so the, the, the young boy now the father brings him to Jesus Jesus is now upset why because he's spending all this time with these disciples so that they can learn by watching to do what he did they can learn by observation and they had watched enough up until this point where they should have been able to deal with this spirit. And what he says is, you, you wicked and perverse generation. How long do I have to deal with you? How long do I have to suffer you? He says, bring, take the boy and bring him to me. All right, now this is very important. And this, is teaches, this will teach you faith because most people that say they have faith, they don't have it. They don't know how to use it correctly. Can I tell you, every believer has faith, but not many believers know how it works. All right? He comes to Jesus. Now, we have to study the example of what Jesus did. I'm sort of paraphrasing, even though I can read it again, but for the sake of time. Comes before Jesus. He's standing there. Jesus finds out, how long has he been in this condition? Goes into Mark 9 now. That's what it says in Mark 9. How long has he been in this condition? Since he was a child. All right? Jesus is asking Amen. The statements and asking the questions. And as he asks the statements, asks the questions. Then afterwards, he addresses, he, he addresses his attention towards the spirit that's in the boy. And the Bible says he rebukes him. He does what? Amen. Does he lay hands on him? Amen. Uh, uh, does he go and, and is there all out battle or war going on? Uh, is the, did the demon take over the service? Demons can't take over my net one service. I've never had a spirit take over any service I had. So, Apostle, if it start manifesting, what would you do? I'll tell it to stop manifesting until I finish doing what I'm doing and then go and cast it out. You better hear what I'm saying. The manifestation comes to provoke fear. The manifestation comes in order to bring you to a place where the devil takes over your service. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, Jesus rebukes it. Now, it's very important. He commands it. Amen. He commands it to come out. What happens? Not only does he command it to come out, he tells it it cannot re-enter. 
He said, you got to read it in Mark 9 because I'm in Matthew. He says, come out and you will not enter him no more. Now, I'm not going into a whole teaching on demonology. It's something I want to deal with. All right. The demon comes out. We know the story. The boys delivered. Everybody's happy except for the, the disciples. They get Jesus to the side. And this is where we go now. And they said, Yeshua, we don't understand. Why could we not cast them out? Why couldn't we cast them out? Listen to the answer he gave. He said, because of your unbelief. What was the answer? What was the answer? Because of your unbelief. Saints of God, that must mean that the link between you walking in the natural or the supernatural is your faith. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying to you. It's your faith. It's just that simple. Let me tell you this. Why could not we obtain this? Why? Now, when I say this, I'm not just talking about obtaining, just taking or obtaining. I'm talking about why could not we do what God told us we could do? God, you told me I can do this. God, you told me in California, go back to New York and that I was going to give you a chain-breaking anointing and you was going to set the captives free. Well, God, where is it? Why is it it not happening? Where where is the chain-breaking anointing? Amen. Remember, saints of God, we must understand James teaches us that when Elijah prophesied, he did not just prophesy. See, many of you miss your prophetic word because you do not take what God gives you and go into your prayer chamber. The Bible says Elijah did not just prophesy no rain. It says that when he got the word that no rain was coming, he prayed. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Then it says that when Elijah prophesied rain, he saw nothing. And he told his servant, go back seven times. But in between the first and the seventh, Elijah was in the birth position. He was in prayer. Jesus What am I trying to tell you, saints of God? Anything that does not happen, it's because of your lack of faith. It's because of your unbelief. It's just that simple. Anything that God has ever told me that he was going to do, and I'm I'm, I'm begging and I'm crying to God, God, what what happened? What what, what happened with what you said that I was going to, God, I don't understand. Why is it not happening? Why is it not manifesting? Well, here is Jesus right there. And they're able to ask the question, why could not we cast them out? He says, because of your unbelief. In about five minutes, the roof is going to come off this place, man. You're going to get excited. Because of your unbelief. Unbelief simply means no faith. In other words, what he was saying to them, you don't even have a little bit of faith. You have no faith at all. And the reason why this could not come out is because your faith is non-existent. No faith at all. Listen carefully. When he tells them, all right, I want to make sure I read it correctly. In verse number 20, he says, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith, 
If you what? Now listen, if you have faith, he says the grain of a mustard seed. We know in, 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 the, in the seed realm, that's the smallest one. He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed. Say to God, you must understand, listen to me, in order to walk in the supernatural, you don't have to grow your faith. Even though you have to grow in faith, listen, it's not about the size of your faith. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I want this to sink in today. Man, I wish I had that big faith that T.D. That Jakes got. I wish I had that big faith, amen, that Joe Olstein got. You know, I wish I had that, that, that big faith. Let me tell you this. Some of these people you come in contact with, you're going to be surprised. They don't even have big faith. Their faith is small. David Wilkerson, for example, there's no one that I knew, that I know of church-wise that, that has a church in Broadway. Amen. We know, I'm talking the late David Wilkerson now because obviously there's a new pastor that took over. David Wilkerson says that when he says one of his leaders, they, they were in a you know, nice small old place compared to where they wound up. And he says one of his leaders said, he said, uh, a pastor, I know exactly where God is going to bring us. And years ago, he brings them into downtown Times Square area. He says, this is the building right here that God showed me. David Wilkerson said, when the guy showed him that, he said to him, it's impossible. We're never going to get this building. He said, how are we going to go from here to there? Now, now listen, I know God can do it, but, you know, this, this is just not... This is just not possible. It's not going to happen. Say to God, listen to what Jesus said. He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you shall what? Say. So listen, your faith is, is con see, many of you do more believing than speaking. I believe God, but you're silent. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, but in Mark chapter 11, when Jesus taught on faith, he says, whosoever shall say, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He only used believe one time. He used believe one time, but he used say, saith, and saith three times. What did they teach us in traditional church, doctor? You better not say it because the, de the devil going to block you. See, as soon as you said it, the devil knew you was going to do it. And so now, are y'all listening to me? Didn't they say that? What did Jesus say here? He says, whosoever shall, shall what? Listen to me today as I'm teaching. What I'm trying to explain to you today, saints of God, there is no faith apart from your words. You better hear me. Shine out my mouth. Oh man, I'm, this, is my, this is my lane here. I'm, I'm fired up. The late Miles Monroe one day was standing up and he was ministering. His wife was there. You know, they, he, he was in love with his wife like, like these two lovebirds are. All right, and, and every time his wife is there, he just told her to stand up. He's parading her around. 
He says, yeah, I want to show you the lady that took my virginity. He's going on and on and on. Everybody's, everybody. He said, man, this is the greatest wife in the world. He's going on and on and on and on and on. And he said these words. He said, when I die, me and her go die together. What happened? What happened? When they die, that man has had too much power on his words just for casual speaking. Listen, listen to me, saints of God. You have to understand that, that whether you are ministering or whether you are not ministering, whoever, whatever grace is upon your life, you still have that badge or that level of grace. And just because you are not in the pulpit does not mean, watch this now, that you don't have to be disciplined. The same discipline that we show here, like you, you won't hear me using certain words when I'm speaking, right? Well, I'm standing before the people, I can't say that. Well, why should I say anything different behind the doors that I will not say in front of the people? Now, what am I, what am I teaching you today? Saints of God, listen to me you must understand that you could not even get born again without your confession. Whoever believes in his heart, how, how do you believe? It's with the heart you believe. But how do you, how do you lay hold to what you believe? With the heart, man believes unto, the, unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So how, how do you get the invisible to become visible? How do you get to a place where you are no longer just operating? And can I, let me tell you this, all of the stuff that's happening for me right now, God gave me a revelation. I just, I got tired of hearing everybody say, I declare and I decree. You ever heard anybody say that? I declare and I decree. I declare and I decree. I, I, know, I don't know who started it, but Cindy Trim popular, popularized it. And everybody, everywhere I go, I declare and decree. I declare and decree. So one day I said to myself, do, do we even know what we're doing? So I started studying decrees. Woo! And it blew my mind. In Psalm 2-7, it says, I will declare the decree. Watch this. A decree is something that's been spoken over your life by God. Shia. Now listen, when God says a thing, who can twist, change, or alter what he says? You better hear what I'm saying. Let me tell you this. Everything God says, Psalms, teaches us Psalm 119.89, it gets settled in the kingdom of heaven. Forever, O oh Lord, is your word settled in heaven. So whatever God says about you, it's settled. Now it's your job to declare the decree. Simply put, it's your job to say what God says about you. To say what God says about your church. To say what God said. And listen, the problem with many of us, listen, we are controlled by our emotions. You ever heard people say, I'm in my feelings? You better get out of there real fast. You actually believe what you feel? 
Thank you. You believe what you feel? For real? There are things that I feel a lot of times that so often don't make no sense. There are things I feel about my church, I feel about my wife, I feel about me. That's inconsistent with the word of God. Let's be honest. You don't have to accept it. Whoever, who feels like a loser sometimes? Who feels like they're going to die sometimes? You feel something and all of a sudden, oh, I'm not going to, and then, you, you know, who, listen, I can go on and on and on and on and on with what you feel. Listen, you can't declare the decree being controlled by feelings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Now, let me get back here. I'm almost done. I don't even think I'm going to get to fasting. This fasting thing, though, Jesus, man. Oh, man. Listen. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. So the, the issue was now they had no faith. He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed. All right. Now, what did he say? He said, nothing shall be impossible unto you. God, I wish I could just go over and sit by your chair and just talk to each one of y'all and make sure you're getting this. Do, do you hear what I'm saying to you today? He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, he said, nothing shall be impossible unto you. If you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, watch this, and God has called you to the marketplace business. If you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can release a business in the earth that will be worth millions. But you got to believe it. Let me tell you this. I'm going to tell you what I'm about to do. You know me. I love the nations or whatever. I'm not going nowhere for a long period of time. Why? I'm on assignment. You know what my assignment is? And remember that I told you it before, before it happens. I'm going to listen. And this is the opposite. My friend will say, wow, this don't sound like the guy I heard a few years ago. But God gave me a revelation. And I begin to discover, why am I trying to go to the state, to the regions, into the nations? All I got to do is blow, listen, all I got to do is build in my area. And when I build something in my area, watch this now, people will hear about it in other areas. So let me just confess, let me just tell you what I'm about to do. Myself and the team that I work with, amen, the people that I work with, we are about to build a mega church in Coney Island with people from Coney Island. Now, it's not a desire. It's what was revealed to me. I saw this a long time ago. Just my feelings and, you know, I don't want to be in New York no more. I'm tired of New York. Who asked you whether you're tired of New York? This ain't no you come and go when you feel like it. We're in the kingdom of God. This is not a democracy. Your opinion doesn't even matter. Do you understand? We serve a king. I said we serve a king. Do you understand what that means? We're not under a president. I ain't worried about Trump. I'm not under president. I'm under king. Not that I don't respect the president, though. I serve a king. Where the word of a king is, there is power. 
You didn't hear what I said. Oh, God. Listen, I represent the king of kings. Jesus, the Lord of lords. So my king has decreed something. He's declared something. And it's my job to declare the decree. It's my job to say what God said. It's just that simple. What, listen, watch this now. What I say, especially when it's out of line with what God says, it doesn't matter. I remember one day I was feeling so sorry for myself. I was like, man, I'm just, I can't, I'm tired of this. You know, I, I'm just, I just, I, I, I just don't want it. Lord, I, I don't understand. And Lord, I just, I'm just so tired. I'm tired of going in circles. I'm tired of whatever. And it hurt God. You might not believe me. And all of a sudden, he put a song on in my dream on replay. And I'm listening to the song, and it's the song by Darwin Hobbs, God is able to do what he said he would. And I'm just listening to it, and I'm crying while I'm sleeping. And what he was saying to me in the song is, are you giving up on me? Because the song says, don't give up on... See, I thought I was giving up on myself. But it was not me that saved me. Y'all don't hear me. It was not me that called me. It was not me that told me to step out and do it. God was saying, you ain't giving up on you. You're giving up on me. Somebody shout, God is able. He's not just willing, he's able. Amen? You can be willing, but not able. He's able to do. Seating abundantly above all we ask, hope, think, dream, imagine, above our highest. Every time, because I ask for some, I mean, my, my, my like imagination is like kind of like out there sometimes. And I say, God, you're able to do above what I'm saying right now? It's amazing. All right? Now, I'm going to have to sort of sort of end it here. I'll just throw about five minutes at the end of it, of the fasting, because you got to read it yourself, though, especially in Isaiah 58. Listen, there's a realm of breakthrough that you'll never walk in until you start not just fasting, but living a fasted life. One of my sons came here recently from Kenya. He's not too far from Uganda. He's on the border of Kenya and Uganda, all right? For over... For over 10 years, he's been, and you've you got to understand that it's very difficult in other countries to get a visa. He's been trying everything to get a visa to come to America. And when he tried everything to get a visa, he's trying to figure, what in the world am I going to do? He said, I know what I'm going to do. This is my, I don't know why his last resort was not his first resort. He said, I'm going up to the mountain to pray and fast. He goes to a mountain. For three days, he did a dry fast, which I don't recommend. No food, no water. No food, no water, just for three days. And he's praying, God, I, now listen. See, there's stuff that we are talking to God about that we shouldn't even be talking to him. We should be talking to the thing. You didn't hear me. I didn't say we should be praying to the thing. We should be, after we pray to God, now we got to speak to the mountain. You didn't hear me. Jesus did not pray about the demon. He cast out the demon. 
God, you know, this demon is in here, and um, I don't know, you know, if you want to do something about this demon, you know, you see this demon right here, right, God? If, you know, if it's your will, please do something. He's standing there looking at you, say, command it to come out. Use your faith. Where's your faith? Are you listening? All right, listen now. So he fasted and prayed for three days. Years of not getting his visa immediately, immediately. Somebody say immediately. His visa was released. Let me tell you this. Our church now, we're on the dead. We're on extended 21-day fast. But for many of us, um, you know, many believers, they all they want to know is, what can I eat? Uh, we're fasting. Stop overemphasizing what to eat and what not to eat. And focus on prayer and fasting. Why? Because once you pray and fast, there's something about fasting. Let me tell you this. I was under ministries years ago that moved in miracle signs and wonders. And I kept trying to say, what's the problem in this generation? It's that we eat too much. I'm being honest. We, now, when I say eat, I'm not just talking about food. Everything with us is pleasure. It's pleasure. It's pleasurable. Everything is exciting, pleasurable, whatever. What I'm trying to explain to you, listen, there comes a time where you got to shut it all down. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And you say, listen, there is something that I'm believing God for. What we are fasting for this year is one thing. It's power. Lord have mercy. The Bible says that after Jesus fasted, he returned. How? In the power of the Spirit. See, watch this. Many of us, we're speaking to stuff, but we don't have enough power behind us. Not enough anointing behind us. Not enough power behind us. Amen. Let me tell you, there's enough power to make one person write a whole check for upstairs. And do you know that there are people, Bishop, that can write a check? Come on and speak, First Lady. She said they can and will. I'm not going to keep you all day. We're at the last parts of this. I feel this church. It's a real, real good church, man. I feel this church. Y'all want this to happen, don't y'all? And listen to me, I'm telling you when it happens, I don't care where I'm at, whatever I got to cancel, I'm canceling because you ain't shouting in there without me. <laughs> we going to shout together. Okay, this is the last thing I want to show you, and then afterwards I'm going to have to close. I don't have enough time. Go to Romans 12.3, please. Romans 12, 3, and then I'm going to show you something else. One other scripture, just to prove to you my point, that you already have faith. Amen? If you did not have faith, how many born-again believers we have in it? Come on, raise those hands up high. All right? I'm going to prove to you, you already have faith. Romans 12, 3. He says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, 
not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, or than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now listen, according as God have dealt to every man. Now every man is not every human. Every man in the context of this scripture is referring to members of the body of Christ. Right? So anytime I see the word to every man, I always remember that it's referring to those that are in the body of Christ. God has dealt to every member of the body of Christ the measure of faith. Somebody say, I have faith. I have faith. Go to Ephesians 2.8. This is the last one. Ephesians 2.8. Now remember these scriptures in your own Bible study time, your own meditation time. You can be able to refer back to them. All right? Ephesians 2.8 declares, for we are saved by grace. Amen? By grace. How? Through faith. And this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, so what is the gift of God? Grace. What else? Thank you. And faith. I'm going to blow your mind. Suppose I told you and was able to show you in the scriptures that the faith Jesus operated with is the faith that was given to you to get born again. You can't get saved with regular faith. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians. I believe it's around 2, chapter 2, verse 20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. Come on in here. Oh. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, the same faith in Matthew 17 that Jesus used when he said, come out, is in you right now. The same faith that Jesus used when he raised the dead is in you right now. The same faith that Jesus used when he ministered to the Samaritan woman is in you right now. The same faith that Jesus operated in when they brought the woman to him that was in adultery. Amen. And he began to write on the ground. God, I wish I knew what he was writing. And as he wrote on the ground, amen, and he looked up and told the men, if they have not committed any sins, cast the first stone. Then he told the woman, where are your accusers? She said, I don't know. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. That same faith is in you right now. I can go on and on and on and on and on. Come on, let's stand up. I'm done. Now, why do we need to fast often? Because you have to stir your faith up. Oh man, I'm fired up now. You have to stir. Let me, I don't know what it is. When I fast, Bishop, my faith is all the way stirred up. Oh, God have mercy. Amen. And, and see, some of my, my, my folks say, see, when we fast, I'm going to be honest here, and I'm not, because I feel like I'm family with y'all, this is what I'm going to tell you. 
I'm going to pray at 12 o'clock. I'm going to pray again at 3 o'clock. I'm going to pray again at 7 o'clock on the conference line. So if I got, listen, I'm going to pray. But when I'm praying, it's not just begging. Glory to God. Because, listen, the faith of Jesus dwells on the inside of me. Y'all don't hear me. So when I'm praying, listen to me now, I'm not just begging, but I get to a place where I start decreeing and declaring. Oh, God, God, my shot. Amen. I start praying prayers like this. Father, you, you told me that if I come back to this region, you said, God, that you were sending revival all up the East Coast. So in the name of Jesus, I command revival in Washington. I command revival. Come on. You got to command. You're going to make me preach in here, Bishop. Now, see... I know how to do it, but I want you to know how to do it. For example, I was in another country, okay, and, and, I, and um, I was noticing, there's a guy, a preacher by the name of Ron Harbunky. I don't know if many of you know him, but I was in the same service with him, was about a million people there, and I noticed that when he was praying, he wasn't begging. He laid hands on no one. He personally, because it was too many people. He just told the people, wherever you are sick, put your hand on yourself right now. That's what he said. He said, wherever you are sick. And he said, Jesus is going to heal you right now, right after I pray. And he didn't, he didn't say, Father, you know, I'm praying and I just want these people to know that you already hurt me. He did not even listen. He, it might have been, Father, I just give you glory, honor, whatever. But he started addressing stuff. That's been happening to me. I will start praying and then all of a sudden I'll hear rheumatoid arthritis and I'll say I command rheumatoid arthritis to come out now. In G and the more I start speaking, the more I start hearing. You prophesy by faith. You move in the gifts by faith. All of this stuff operates by faith. You better hear me. You grow finances by faith. You obtain, come on, you better talk to me. It all happens you got to open up your mouth. You got to speak. All right. I want you to make some decrees with me quickly. Amen. Please repeat this after me. And you don't have to be scared to repeat it because I ain't going to tell you to repeat nothing crazy. Amen. Say in the name of Jesus. I go back a hundred years in my family line. Anything in my family line that was spoken or released that's affecting this generation. I command you to be canceled now in Jesus' name. Every word that's not the word of God over my family line. I speak that those words are dismantled and annihilated in the name of Jesus. I declare now that from my generation, wealth and riches shall dwell in my family. For Father, you said that wealth and riches would be in the house of the righteous. I am righteous because Jesus made me righteous. So because of that, in the name of Jesus, insufficiency, poverty, curses, you are destroyed in my family line. I feel God. In the name of Jesus, I release blessing over my household. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and praise him right now. I shine up. We ain't done yet, but you can go ahead and praise him. 
I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Ah, yeah, yeah. Shonda Boho said. Say in the name of Jesus. Bring it down for a second, Bishop. Thank you. Say in the name of Jesus. Everything that's been fighting against my prosperity, every spirit that's been sent on assignment, the Lord of cycles and the master of repeats, you spirit of Hydra, I rebuke you now. I bind you now. What you have brought against me one time, you shall not bring it against me again. You have no right to come the second time. So whatever I've gone through, I shall never go through it again. In the name of Jesus, every cycle is destroyed. Every curse is destroyed in the name of Jesus I decree and declare that wealth and riches are in Mount Olive house of prayer we will not be embarrassed we were given this building to complete this building so in the name of Jesus come on say it louder in the name of Jesus we speak right now that upstairs you are already complete Downstairs, where we worship, this is the fellowship hall. Shanda, we are going upstairs. We decree and declare right now in Jesus' name to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. We speak a whirlwind of breakthrough in this house. My bishop is blessed. Hallelujah. My pastor is blessed. Bishop's wife is blessed. This church is blessed. We declare that 2018 is a year of the supernatural in this church. I have faith. And because I have faith, I move in the impossible. I move in the impossible. I move in miracles, signs, wonders. Now go ahead and give God some praise in here. I said give him praise in here like you know something has happened like you know stuff has shifted Mm-mm-mm. glory to God amen listen to me I want you to go high five three people tell them I see the miracle worker in you I release it now in Jesus name tell them I see the miracle worker in you Hallelujah. Your faith. Your, ah, yeah, 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 I'm a man, 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 I'm a